Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. I just want to pop in here for a second before we get started with the show and just say the Patreon is live. So if you want to go over there and hang out with us on the Patreon, building that community, that's patreon.com backslash uh, conscious environment creation. So patreon.com backslash conscious environment creation. And over there we have promo codes for the bonfire site so you can get a little bit off on your merch, whatever you want to grab over there. But we have behind-the-scenes footage. You guys can vote on different topics. If you want to be the producer level, you can actually just have whatever you want me to make a podcast about within reason, and I will make it. So let's let's hang out together. I can't wait to keep building this community with you. All right, on with the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Conscious Environment Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week, I am super duper excited because I get a chance to sit down with one of my favorite creatives in the entire world, and that's Batsu. And the reason why I am so interested and love what Batsu does is I, at heart, am a blurred, 100%. And... I love high fantasy, and that's exactly what Batsu has created with Tales of Gardam. So we got a chance to sit down and talk about what Tales of Gardam is. It's an animated web show, and it's... I, I'm not going to be able to do it justice right now. I guess you're just going to have to let them explain it. But we talk about Tales of Gardam. We talk about blurred culture. We talk about a lot of the different stuff. But I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Let's let's just get started. The way that we start the podcast here is, uh, what's your name? What do you do? And where can people find you? And then plug all the things. <laughs> uh, ooh, this is a little bit of feedback. But uh, my name is Batsu. What I do is I have a fantasy show here on TikTok called Gardam. Uh, it comes in two different flavors. There's Gardam, the main series, and there's Guide to Gardam, which has a little cheaty version of our main character, Yask. Um, and it follows the trials and tribulations of the character, the main character, Yask, who is uh, considered one of the strongest nightskins out there. Um, and it also follows the story of Yurisu, who is the one who gifted all the nightskins their great powers. And it's pretty much a TikTok-exclusive series right now until we branch out. We are working on branching out on different things. So you can just find me at Gardam official here on tiktok and that's g-u-a-r-d-i-m official right here on tiktok cool cool i i i love it so much i've been watching it i've been following along catching up on on the lore i feel like i jumped in a little late Mm -hmm. and and but that's that's something i want to to talk about because a lot of times folks think that like us aren't aren't really a part of high fantasy or don't have deep lore to the things that we do so what made you kind of i i i remember the story of the of the night skins thing but for those who weren't on the app or or were on the another side of tiktok what are the night skins what happened how did we get night skins Okay, so this is how it all started. So on Twitter, there was a post um, highlighting black voice actors in anime. So a lot of people were like, oh, that's cool. There's more people of color doing voices. And then um, someone else tweeted out, uh, our holy war against the Nightskins will never end. We must something like uplift the Aryan blah, 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 blah. So black Twitter was like, yo, I know you're trying to insult us. 
But Night Skins is kind of fire, so let's make our own OCs, right? So they start making their own OCs. And then from my end, it was uh, Ebony Warrior Studios and uh, Tony Weaver Jr., who kind of came up in my... Uh, for you, and they were like, hey, they, they highlighted the tweet, and then they said, let's make our own OCs here on TikTok. So they started making their own OCs, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, this is kind of silly. This is kind of fun. Let me just go and make one myself, because I think it would be fun, and it would give me a little chance of stretching my voice acting and whatnot. And then I saw, like I think, like two or 3,000 people watched it, and I was like, oh, okay, let me try this again. And then it gets to like, like five or 6,000. And then I, and then it became like a series. And I, the series originally, I didn't write anything. I was kind of like, this would be cool. This would be cool. What if I do this thing? Um, and then there was an episode called a fight in the woods and I got 30 K and I was like, okay, there's obviously a demand for this. I already like fantasy. I got my favorite game series is final fantasy. Um, if I'm watching anime, it's gotta be fantasy or close to fantasy uh, aside from action. Um, and I love fantasy movies. So I was like, all right, let me just, let me actually start writing this lore. But then like, by the time I actually started writing it, it had been like 20 episodes in, which is why we did this kind of soft reboot into an animated series. But yeah, it started off as palm colored people insulting us. And as usual, we take a negative and turn it into a positive. And, uh, we turned like, there's so many of us, cause I'm not the only Night Skins creator out there. I'm just the only one who's doing kind of like the whole animated series voice acting thing here on TikTok. Yeah, um, it, when when it first started happening, I jumped into when it started doing some some night skin stuff, and I remember all of that. But you took it to a whole other level with like the animation and thing like that. So I couldn't even touch it. I was just doing little voice acting videos and things like that, coming up with fun characters, and that was kind of the fun thing of skins at the time or still is like kind of everybody was doing something or doing what you know making their own kind of thing but <clears throat> so tales of gardam explain what so someone goes to your page we start watching it mm-hmm. who's the main character give us like a little bit of a rundown of your characters okay so the original series which again we're revamping because we're moving into an animation space um but i'll talk about the original run and then how we got to where we are now so the original run was about a character named yask um he's the head of what's called the fists of punishment right and um, he he runs this garrison, but he's kind of like detached because he's got a lot of going on. So he kind of uses humor to to deal with his his life because his he lost someone really important to him. So in any case, he the, the series starts with him in the woods, and he's kind of just trying to take a break away from everything. And he gets attacked by the Cyan Car. And I love these enemies because of how I, I kind of came up with came up with them. So the Cyan Car are the one of the main enemies against the Night Skins of of the series. And the way we got the name was so there's an animal group called the procyanidae okay and in that animal group there's a certain animal right and it's got it, it's called the thief of the woods maybe and and they sometimes they're called trash can pandas so if you take the first three letters of that and you reverse it you get car and if you take cyan from procyanidae you get cyan car and the cyan car are night skins who defected to hang out with the Moon demons, and now the moon demons are the main baddies. And you, as you can tell, if the moon demons are the baddies and the night skins are the goodies, you can kind of tell what the moon demons are, the, the, what they represent. They represent right, uh, right. palm color supremacy. So the sign card would be kind of the quote unquote uh, trash pandas of that universe. So they're like, oh, I forsake my night skin. I'd rather I, I, I'm more. I think 
power is more important than than brotherhood and sisterhood. Um, right. So th- they go to that side. Um, another character is Namda. He is a Gigan, a giant, who's from Kilsha Village. Um, he's from the Gigan Plains. He meets uh, Yask when they're fighting against the Sankar. He's one of the Sankar. He tried to take the job because his village was pretty much dying, and the Sankar offered him help. But he's not. He's a man, he's still a man of honor and, and respect. So when he fights Yask, he's kind of like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. Let me join him. Um, his second in command is Rob. Now, Rob is his lifelong friend, and he is. He also has a subsection in in the uh, the Fist of Punishment called the High Jiao. They're all speedsters, so they're all super fast, and they do kind of reconnaissance and, and rescue missions. Um, there's the toothless man who the, he has been named, but we haven't named him in the show yet. He's kind of super silly, but he eyes on everybody. He knows what everything's going on. Um, there's Nev, the record keeper. He's the smartest, uh, the smartest person in, um, in, uh, Rohiqua and Rohiqua uh, is the kingdom. And I, I can show you guys a map. <laughs> Thanks. I can show you guys a map later of, of the kingdom. Um, and that is the brother of, of, of Yasfora. And... Okay. And, and he's based on my brother, so he is. And I also think about inclusion, so he's gay. And also, Namda is bisexual. So, and they have kind of. Oh. Like, and Namda kind of like, later on in the series, he's kind of like, "Ooh, who's your brother over there? Like, who's who's this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there's the, the character we're talking about now in the series, which is the animated series. So we're going to jump forward now because there's more characters, but I want to stay on task of what's really being highlighted is Yorisu. Now, before everybody got their powers, um, there was a guy that came down who was running away from a, another god who was bad and his name is Prevel and Prevel is actually a play on the word privilege um, and Basse is the god that comes to um, guard him and, and gives Yorisu her power because she's like I need someone who's pure of heart who's kind who who is here to protect other nightskins who can go around blessing the nightskins in the world and giving them my power because there's a great peril coming. And if they can't receive my power, um, they have to be a nice skin to receive their power. They can receive their wisdom. So that's the other kingdom. So there's like the Sorhanu Highlands, which is basically Southeast Asia, East Asia, and the Middle East. Then there's the Makia Archipelago, which encompasses Polynesian and Native American peoples. And then there's the, um, the Asmiak Deep. And the Asmiak Deep is an al- amalgamation of Hispanic... Um, Latina and indigenous people of South America and, and, and the surrounding islands. So I try to uh, inclusion is really big for me. Um, so that's pretty much all the, the characters we're going on right now. So if you're watching the show right now, those are the characters you would know. And Yorisu actually just got casted by their voice actress, and she's in this live right now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, we're really expanding, and those are the characters right now. But there are a lot of the characters that exist. I don't want to talk about them too much because we're kind of reworking them into the, the space. So the lore, if you've watched it up until now, it's going to stay generally the same. But we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. going to get to those bits and pieces. The one, uh, Yep. Amina still got it, is our voice actress. Um, and um, the problem was, like I told you earlier, I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants and just coming up with it on, on the go. And now it's more structured. We have, a, we have script writing. I have an artist now. We're, we're trying to hire an editor. So we're trying to make this a cohesive series. So if you watch it now, the live action stuff, you'll get an idea of the story. But certain parts are changing to kind of update and, and make more sense. So it's, there's a through line. Awesome. I, I love all of that. I love that the lore is so thick and, and, and heavy. And I I think it's because 
like growing up, I was in the anime and still am, and I love lore heavy things, uh, like fantasy things. Mm-hmm. I was never, and this always surprises people when I say it, I was never a huge like Lord of the Rings fan, but I love kind of. I, I I guess just magic in general or lore heavy kinds of things like a good backstory. That's always like the parts that I wanna I wanna figure out. And when it comes to black folk, especially being younger black folk, we oftentimes get picked on or made fun of. Uh, especially like nerd culture in general gets mm-hmm. picked on quite a bit. Black nerd culture really gets picked on because not only are you a nerd, but you also doing white people shit. So, <laughs> so I, 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 I love to see that we're really uh, embracing uh, kind of uh, embracing high fantasy. Mm-hmm. So when when you first started making this or, you know, what what is your, I guess, experience with with that? Like this idea that this isn't for black people. Like if if someone were to say that, I mean, we moon demons are going to moon demon, right? So we we, we know that those things get said to us. Um, But sometimes it even comes from our own people, you know, like this isn't for us. We're not supposed to be doing this or, you know, that let's let's put that away. What What do you what do you say to folks like that? Like I, I, I get what you're saying because like I've I experienced that growing up, um, and 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 it, that also contributes I feel like to internalize anti-blackness. I, that's something I had to combat and deal with and and overcome. Um, even I still I still have hints of it that that haunt me today, um, because you want to be seen as one of your own community. You know, you want to be seen as someone who's accepted, but. Dude, I got a Full Metal Alchemist tattoo on the back of my hand. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm a huge weeb. Um, I love fantasy. Final Fantasy is probably my favorite video game series on the face of the planet. Um, so when it comes to experiencing that, I, I, I've experienced it firsthand. But when it comes to people who are experiencing it now and feeling like they don't they don't belong, dude, there's tons of us. We're, we're everywhere. And one thing I really love is there's a group, uh, there's a group on Facebook. I plug them all the time because... It is one of the best safe spaces on Facebook for blurs. It's called uh, the Urban Anime Lounge. And I'll say it again, the Urban Anime Lounge. So if you're a weeb, if you're into fantasy and nerd stuff and you want to be seen as equal but by your own people, that's the – I swear that's one of the best places I've ever been to. Um, I think Tony's actually – Tony Weaver's in that group too. So we all kind of just hang out and we talk nerd stuff and just know that you never feel like you're not black enough for liking fantasy. I mean, look, black the black black man is the one who invented the video game cartridge. Truthfully, the, the, when uh, when they tried to kick a horror off of Star Trek, they were all about to walk out. We are we exist in this space. We we belong here. What was who was it? Um Cyberpunk Cyberpunk 2077 was written by a black man. So we exist in fantasy. We're supposed to be here. It's not just for palm color people it's not just for uh asian people it's for everybody and everybody can enjoy it you're supposed to be there it's it's for you too awesome i yes <laughs> i i cannot agree more i i love that so so much you know you could just just to diverge a little bit one series i i wanted to be good did you ever watch it was that netflix original uh um bright 
That that movie with Will Smith. Did you watch that? <laughs> oh my god! I wanted that to be. I wanted that to be good so bad. I wanted that to be good so bad. I wanted it because I was like, "Whoa, there's a black lead in in a high fantasy show that takes place in reality." That's like everything that I'm about. Like, like every time I had to. Um, like playing Fable. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you ever played that game. It was an Xbox game. Yeah, there was like three of them. I played Fable. I was always the mage. I'm like, this is what I wanted to do. Like, I'm like, yes, we're gonna have full magic and stuff like that. And it's gonna be a black dude, and he's in Compton. Yes, <laughs> it's like checking all the boxes. Then I watched the movie, and I'm like, man, the studio fumbled this movie. We are not gonna get another one. I yeah. just wanted this movie to be good so bad. But it, that, yeah, that's just something that kind of popped into my head. But thinking of magics and things like that, I think what people oftentimes, especially if, like if there's magic involved or like uh, mythical characters, cryptids or something like that involved. I think when we talk about high fantasy, there is this uh, almost necessary like stereotype that it's this bastardization or this reimagining of medieval Europe. Like every single time we have some sort of like high fantasy, they all have British accents for some reason. I don't know why everybody who has dragons also has a British accent. Not really sure, but like for some reason that seems to be the case. But uh, reading African folklore. There's actually a great show on uh, Netflix right now that's a uh, modern reimagining of African folklore stories um, directed by, I think it's six different I think it's six different directors that shot these little shorts. They're like 15 to 20 minutes long, something like that. And it's an amazing show if you don't know, like, African folklore, African stories. Because we also have all these magical stories. We also, uh, like, Greece isn't the only one with a pantheon. And if you talk to Greek people... They love talking about the North African gods because they crossed over a lot of times, too, in their stories. It's only until we get to the West where we start to really start separating like these kind of white gods from black gods. But in in ancient Greece, they didn't do that because the concept of race was different. That's a whole different conversation. But I think a lot of times we often think of high fantasy in this reimagining of European history. Yeah. So when creating your world, I get the sense that you draw a lot from African folklore. So how did you do your studies? Was it something that you grew up with or were you studying those things to, to kind of pull that magic in or where did that come from? A lot of the stuff I've done is kind of an amalgamation of different things around the world. But I do I do inject certain things from African or, or from the black diaspora. So, for instance, like there's a there's a nation called Vood. Right. And it's like it's my version of what would be considered like a Hogwarts University, except, you know, minus the turfiness. Um, but the name Vood comes on mixed from voodoo and hoodoo. So that's where they're going to learn the, like their magic and they're like they're alchemists. But it's done with like an African twist. Um, there's a kingdom called um, 
Hasori, right? But that's, an, that's a rearranging of Osh, uh, the Oshira um, pantheon. And then actually there's a character, there's one character that's left of that. That kingdom fell due to the moon demons attacking. And his name is Shang. And he's it's short for Shango, you know, the god of the, the African god of thunder who, you know, makes Thor look like a paperweight. So I do try to fold in, um, especially on the main continent, because that's where all of um, the night skins reside. I tried to fold in different ways of, of showing the diaspora. Now, I don't I will say there's not a lot of a specific African folklore in all the kingdoms, but I do try to show the diaspora. So, for instance, I'm not going to just, it's not going to just be British accents. So, for instance, there's a, there's a kingdom called Stashow. Um, they're basically West Indies. Um, there's going to be the, J- the Jacale kingdom. They're bards and singers, but they're going to be like Brooklyn accents. You know what I mean? They're going to, it's going to show, yeah. So, I don't want it to be, like, my character, obviously, the main character has kind of like a weird British accent, like a uh, medieval thing. But as we sprawl out into the diaspora, it's going to show different accents. I, I actually tell the, I actually want my voice actors to know this. I don't want you to do a British accent. There's going to be characters with British accents, but that's the great thing about fantasy. We can just make up whatever we want and then have it be ours. It's not, we're not closed off to this we have to do it this way or we have to do it that way and even and i also want to make something very important because when people say oh you're british so you you're 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 catering to a more eurocentric view and that's the same thing i had a problem with yoshi p with when he kept talking about final fantasy 16 and i'm going on a tangent but this is this is important we were there in medieval europe we were there it's okay to include us into fantasy in medieval europe because the moors and other people we were there Black people were there in medieval Europe. So when people say we can't be there, yes, we can. And even if we weren't there, guess what? We are now. Okay? And we're going to put our own black spin on it. And um, we're also going to be including um, BBEV, uh, BBVE in there, so Black British Vernacular English. And we're also going to add an AAVE. And we're going to try to flip away to make the AAVE fit the world. So I do want a lot of black, not just African, but black influences and, and even black American influences because... This is also for the black American people as well. You know, what I mean, just because it's got a British accent or a Caribbean accent, I still want our history and our lore folded into this fantastic fantasy world uh, that I've created. So <clears throat> is there uh, is there going to be like kind of a one to one analogy or anything for um American slavery or anything like that as as far as I guess bringing black Americans into in into the fold or anything like that like it or I I guess particularly uh how do I say this like uh like black American struggle or the flip side that I've heard with uh, writing a lot of fantasy from the point of view of black people is our entire history is not just struggle. So in order to e- exemplify us or show us, it doesn't always have to be like, oh, well, this person was a former uh, indentured servant and then they broke away from their master and blah, 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 and tell this whole story. And it's like, ah, OK, I get it. It's an allegory for slavery. Yeah, it's very clever. Um it could just be this person is who who they are. So it, have you have you thought about that? Have you gone in either direction or like kind of made a decision about like struggle versus non-struggle when writing? Yes, I have thought about that thoroughly. I am tired 
of seeing media where we have to be overcoming slavery or it's like some kind of traumatic experience. The, the, when, I, when I was creating this show, I said, I don't want that. What I do want to highlight is struggle in terms of, of things we need to overcome. But slavery was one thing I explicitly said, never in my content, because we have enough. There is an, they just came out with emancipation. I, I, I'm sure it's a great movie. I really, I love Will Smith, more power. I'm tired of that. So in my world, the Nightskins have never been slaves. The Nightskins were actually, the, 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 the Nightskins in my world are the, pretty much the, the majority, right? So they, they, they occupy the main continent. And the, so the, the allegorical thing that I've put out there is the, the moon demons, right? Um, at one point, were okay with the night skins and they got this power from the Resolok stone and Resolok is a play on the word colonizer. So they got the, they got the Resolok stone and then some of the moon skins became moon demons. And then they wanted to take over the world, said it was theirs. So how can they reclaim something saying it was theirs? They're taking it back. That was never theirs in the first place. So it's kind of a play on colonization, but they're not enslaving, so there's not going to be a part where there's enslaving. There's going to be nightskins who defect and become Sankar, who are you know people who uphold palm colored supremacy. So, for instance, the leader, the founder of the Sankar is Hohen Makov, and Hohen Makov is um, Candace Owens and Herschel Walker mixed together. So her, so the H from Herschel Walker, and then Owens, Hohen, and the Makov is uh, Makov. I think it's I can't remember how to pronounce it, but it's Hebrew for West. As in Kanye West. So then we got Holland Makov. So I, I, I do those little plays on things, but one thing I will never ever do in this year, because I want people to, when they're enjoying this content, I do want them to see the struggle and the trials and tribulations that they have to overcome, but I never want it to be like, this person owned this person. I want them to watch and be like, yo, that could be me. But instead of saying, ah, oh, man, that could be me, but after this part, because I don't want to do this part, I want you to open up my stories or watch my stories and be like, I want to be that. I want to. I want to be that, and I don't have to. I don't have to go through a trial and, and, and a struggle with this character to feel like I want to be that. I, I can start watching this video and instantly be like, I could be a superhero. You know what I mean? And I'm. And the big thing about it is, I make it for my son, right? And I want my son to be able to enjoy this content and not feel like, well, but dad, why was Yaskin shackles? Yaskin ain't never been in shackles. Yaskin's the strongest. <laughs> he's the strongest fist among all the night skins. Ain't nobody trying to put him in shackles. So, long story short, there will be trials and tribulations that are allegorical to the real world, but one of them will not be Jim Crow. Another one will not be slavery because there are a lot of content creators who do highlight these types of things and more power to them. But I wanted to make a high fantasy where. We're not the secondary characters or we're not the enslaved characters. We are the characters. So that's why I also reach out to a lot of content creators who are uplifting and stuff like that um, to do voices for these things. And I, I want people to know that this is that's the message. The message is putting black people, bi black and you know, BIPOC people in general on a pedestal instead of us being secondary characters or characters that were going through some kind of trauma. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree, man. And you, uh, you, you said that um, you just you just said something really interesting to me that you were creating this for yourself, or or in in part at least have created this for yourself. So as as far as the ideas of um, you know the night skins and Gardam, is that is your 
is it kind of focused for for kids or is it for quadrant how how, how would you in, envision it so as a lot of people know, my TikTok started out of more adult uh, focus, but as time has gone on and I've started creating this content and I shifted over to night skin content, I really wanted it to be something like, like, um, I would say, I'm trying to think of a good anime reference, like Blue Lock, I guess would be a good anime re- reference. Everybody can watch Blue Lock, right? But I've got, of course, there are more references for adults, but kids can watch it too and not feel like it's, it's, or you watch it with your kid and not feel like, oh man, I don't want my kid to see this. This is bad. So I am making it for all of us. It's, it is definitely an all encompassing. I would say it's more of in a PG, straddling PG, PG 13, because we do say hell and damn, but there will be no like flagrant cursing, no just wanton violence in the show. Um, I, I don't want that because I do want it to, like, my end goal for this is to there's a I can't remember the name of the studio but there's a there's an anime studio in Japan that is headed up by black men um and I want this to eventually become a manga and then that manga to become an anime so that it can be watched by the black diaspora and be like yo that's us hiring black voice actors to do that so I do want it to be like a fantasy show that's going to have cool action scenes kind of like a I guess the best comparison would be if it was like a black power ranger show you know what I mean because there's there's kicking and, 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 and karate and all that stuff going on but there's not just buckets of blood and decapitations and all that stuff so I definitely want it to be something that you can sit down with your kid of course uh, now even though my son is six so I would say I, I've kind of softened it for him but as 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 we go on, it's going to get a little more. It's going to be more mature themes, but I would say like a young adult kind of kind of vibe. But at the same time, I still want it to be something. If you're sitting with your kid, I feel like you can watch it with them as long as you're with them, and they they you know they, if they have any questions, you can answer it. Um, it's not something I would say watch with like a six year old by themselves, but. I feel like if I were to show this to my six-year-old son and we were sitting together and I said, hell and damn, he would understand the difference of what to say, what not to say, and still be able to consume it and really enjoy it and be like, that's me. That's me up there. So, yeah, I really want to show young black boys, girls, and all the they's and them's in between. And even and I, that's why you also notice that I make sure to include the BIPOC community as well. Even though they're, they're in smaller roles, I try to make sure that they're important to the series. So while, for instance, the Sorhanu Highlands is, you know what, let me just go grab this map. So I can show you. Go grab, go grab the map. <laughs> uh, because it, 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 as soon as you get back, I'm, 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 I got a couple of other questions just, just brewing in my mind. Uh, but if anybody has any questions or anything like that, uh, throw them down in the comment section, please. Uh, let, let us know what, what you're thinking about, what you like about um, this idea. Uh, any ideas that you have or something that you would like to see in here? So you're back. You got the map? Yes. So this right here is the Sorhanu Highlands right here. So it's three floating isles that have magical beasts that fly that help them to transport transport themselves across the, the kingdom. And only the people from the Sorhanu Highlands can command these animals, these beasts. But um, for instance, the Sorhanu Highlands have the Sunskins, the Dawnskins, and the Duskins, which are Southeast Asia, Middle East, and East Asia. Um and so that they are the greatest weapon masters and, and swordsmen, martial artists in the, in the kingdom. Um, they're the greatest cooks are here, and the greatest fabric makers are all here. So 
and their fabrics are infused with magic, so they're the best ones to make it. So you, if you want the best fabrics in their kingdom, you can't go to, say, one of the Night King kingdoms. you got to come here because they got the wisdom of Yerisu, while they got the power of Yerisu. Um, down here is Heleta and, and Nagi. So Nagi's based on, uh, I believe, the Navajo tribe, and Heleta is, pa- is based on, um, I think, Tongan. And they're the best weaponsmiths and armorsmiths in the entire kingdom. If you want a good sword... I mean, you can make one in your kingdom and get one and it'll be fine. But if you want the best sword in the kingdom, you want to go down to the Polynesian slash Native American place right down here. Um, and then the Asmiak Deep, they they have a very important role, which I haven't disclosed yet. But their role is so pivotal to the to the series that if they don't exist and they aren't there, bad things happen for the entirety of the world. Now, they aren't, again, they aren't the main, main characters. Obviously, it's, it's going to be the Night Skins. But even, and there's even Moonskins. I even made, I even made a space for, a little, a little tiny space for the Moonskins, right? So the Moonskins have little space up here called Moon's Exile. And they are either Moonskins who never, can, who never uh, became Moon Demons, or Moon Demons who defected and want to align themselves with the Night Skins. And the way that they work is they work in service of the Night Skins. Not saying that in servitude, but they're like, hey, I know what our brothers and sisters did, and we are sorry. How can we be of help to you to serve and, and protect other Night Skins and the other skins across the world? So they all inhabit against along the Ebon R border, which is a border between New Ebonus, because this continent used to be called Ebonus. And then, 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 and then it got called Aran Great, and then they called it New Ebonus, as in saying, this is ours. This was ours before, and now it's ours again. Um, so there's a border between the two of them called uh, uh, Ebon R, which is where the sign car live. But the point is, everybody's got a, it's got a place and a space in, in this world, and I wanted to really make sure of that. Um, yeah, that's really that's really important to me. Is like even though it's it's primarily for black people, I also want to give other people of color um, their shine. Yeah. It was really important to me. Yeah, it kind of um, makes me think of uh, the the latest Black Panther movie mm-hmm. uh, that really tried to do like indigenous peoples like having a huge part in introducing them into the you know, the greater Marvel universe. Like, hey, they're here now because we put them in a movie. Here they are. In fact, and we've been talking about a few different things. And um, But let's take a step back for a second and just define just a few things. So uh, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but we've been saying blurred, blurred culture. Uh, so what's a blurred What's a manga, and what's the difference between a manga and an anime? Because I think some people don't really know. That sounds like it's the same thing, but maybe it isn't. So, uh, what what are those things? So, blurred obviously is a black nerd. So it's just, it's us who are, who who uh, love living in our melanated greatness, but are geeky as all hell. So, a blurred is a black nerd. And if you if you enjoy Star Trek or Star Wars to the fullest, if you're an anime geek, um, manga, and we'll talk about that in a second. If you're a gamer like me, we play Apex Legends every night. Uh, if y'all want my gamer tag, holler because we're gonna have an we're actually gonna have a Gardam tournament once we hit 20k. Gardam tournament. It's gonna be called the the Gardam War Games. It's gonna be a blast. We use a private server, and everybody's gonna represent a different kingdom. And whoever wins the kingdom gets a map and gets all the swag and prizes and everything, and it's free to enter. Um, so manga, I got a couple over here. Um, I've been reading this one called Sakamoto Days. It's fantastic. Everybody should read it. It's hilarious. So a manga is essentially the Japanese form of a comic. So this is the, the manga I'm reading, which is Sakamoto Days. Uh, everything's going to fall over here, and that's okay. Oh, hold on. Don't fall, please. Okay. Um, so it's basically 
a comic book, but a Japanese comic book. Um, and they and they tend to the way that they work is um, a lot of them get published in magazines like 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 Shonen Jump and stuff like that. And when you want to get the book, they have to wait to, for multiple weeks to come out, and then they compile it into one large book. Like this is Volume One, which has multiple chapters, which would be different comic books. Um, and the little difference between American comic books and manga is nine times out of ten, unless it's like a high-budget manga, it's going to be in black and white. Um, it saves time because they have to come out weekly, and there's usually just one artist writing and one artist. It's one person. So in America, it's what? We have like a, we have an artist. They'll have like a background artist. They'll have a writer, and they'll have an inker. They'll have like four people working on one, one comic, whereas in Japan, it's typically one person writing it and doing the art and then publishing it every week, which is why um, – uh, and when, when mangakas, which, which is uh, a person who writes and, and, and does art for, anim- uh, for mangas, they tend to get burnt out a lot. A lot of them get sick. A lot of them have health issues because um, they get pushed every week to put out the stuff, especially people like, for instance, um, Hunter Hunter. Um, he got sick. Um, several others. Uh, it's just it's, it's a tough it's a tough industry. Now, same thing with anime. Um, so anime is essentially when a manga gets super duper popular like this one is getting, I have a feeling it's going to happen. They turn it into a cartoon and anime is just the Japanese way of saying cartoon. It, that's that's just it. But in the world stage, when you get to like the Western world, anime specifically means anything that is uh, either a product of Japan or is inspired by the Japanese aesthetic. So, for instance, there's a one called The God of High School. Um, that's actually a manhwa, and a manhwa is a Korean manga. So even though it's technically an anime and technically a manga, it, it is from Korea, but it's, it's animated by a Japanese studio. So, long story short, mangas are Japanese comics, and animes are the Japanese cartoons based on the Japanese comics. Awesome. That's great. Um, I thank you for that amazing explanation. I didn't know about the Korean, the, the Korean name for that. I also didn't know that uh, mangas are drawn by drawn and written by typically one person. That's amazing to me. Um, and we, we talked about this like a little bit because this is how the night skin thing kind of got started. But let's let's dive a little bit into representation, because how the night skin thing got started was because people were celebrating representation and then somebody got mad about it. And I believe it was Funimation had announced that they had hired a bunch of um, uh, black American um black American voice actors to do voices and things like that. And the irony to me is that, like, man, y'all hate black people so much you don't even want to hear their voice. Like, yeah. y'all could have been listening to black people this whole time and you would have never known. Like, Piccolo is Piccolo is black. Like, he, he black. Like, <laughs> on, on, um, no, is, is it Hawk? There's a couple, yeah, there's a couple black voice actors in My Hero Academia that do voice non-black characters and it's happening more and more now because it's becoming normalized that hey just like uh palm called voice actors we can do a wide range of characters and a lot of them you don't even realize are people of color because like they'll they'll even flip over asian voice actors american asian voice actors like for instance um johnny bosch he was the he was adam in power rangers power ranger zeo um he was he was the second black ranger he's also the voice of vash the stampede he also does a voice on, a, on an anime called uh wolf's reign he's literally one of my favorite voice actors and you're right yes philomar is, is, is the goat philomar is yes. the goat yeah Mar- exactly 
Samurai Jack. If you enjoyed Samurai Jack, guess what? You enjoyed Phil Lamar. He's my mutual. Oh my God, he's my mutual. But yeah, really? Yes, he added me on, on TikTok. I almost lost my mind. I had a meltdown. It, he, and every time I message him, he'll be like, heart react. I'm like, that's enough. That's all I need. You don't even have to say anything. You just heart reacted it. I'm okay with that. But um, yeah, like people have been listening to us. In, in, in anime and in, in their favorite American cartoons as well, and not even knowing it. And then the minute they find out, they're like, oh, What? Wilt from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends was voiced by a black guy? What? Yeah. It's Solomon. <laughs> Vamp. Right, yeah. <laughs> Vamp from Metal Gear Solid 2, very popular character. I loved him in that series. We're right back again, Philomar. That man's everywhere. So they can be, they can, they, they can be mad. It's okay. <laughs> so when it comes to 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 that stuff there's almost kind of two schools of thought like but I think anime kind of um encompasses it, it, it I I think the best because there's this idea that we shouldn't have black characters just for the sake of having black characters or insert ourselves all the time to, because of no reason. Um, I was actually just talking to um, a good mutual writer of mine, Michael LeBourne, um, of Michael, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 Michael. And we're, he was saying, I want black characters in shows and things, but I also want them to be unremarkable. Like yes. I want them, I don't want their race to be part of the show, I want them to just exist in the world like black people do right now. And when it comes to representation, especially with anime and things like that, I feel like that's almost easier because whatever the artist draws is whatever they look like. The actor is literally just a voice. It's just somebody behind a microphone at some point recorded something and they put it to a green thing, a purple thing, a pink monster. It doesn't matter what it is because like it, it like all of that doesn't matter. So do you think, uh, animation lends itself, uh, a little bit more to, um, getting us to that point of representation, or do you do you want the characters to be drawn as black characters? I kind of I kind of agree with Michael. I do like the fact that I love it when I see it's the same thing with with queer characters. I love it when I see a queer character folded into a show, and it's the most unremarkable thing. And I think a great example of that for me is and I've talked about this. I talk about this game all the time to my to my fan base. Apex Legends does this so incredibly well. Um, so there are non-binary characters, there's gay characters, there's a, they just introduced a trans character, um, there's a queer questioning character, but the way that they execute it is, it's, it's said in passing. It's said in a way that it's just a natural flowing of the conversation. Like, there was a love triangle between three of the girls on the, on, on, on the game, but it folded right into the lore. No one batted an eye, no one blinked, because it was just, it just seemed, it was very organic. Um... There's a black character in Attack on Titan um, who uh, he starts out on one side and he defects to the other side. But it's not like he's like, hey, like we threw, we put this black character in. Please look at him. He's, he's a cool character who happens to be black. And that's the best feeling when you get to see a cool character who happens to be black. And they didn't just like relegate him to some like offshore role or something for like five minutes. He's a pivotal character. He's not a main character. He's a side character. But he's an important character, but he's not, they're not like saying, black, 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 
because I do. Don't get me wrong. I want more representation. But obviously, well, these larger corporations tend to do it wrong. They're just like, like when they do when they put a black woman in a, in a movie, they become the sassy black friend who um, no one seems to really want. And then, or they're the girlfriend. I'm looking at you, Invincible, who becomes like kind of disposable and is loud and is angry and has like an attitude that doesn't make sense for for the given situation. So I I, I kind of I want more representation, but I want it the same way that because I'm also queer. I don't want to be seen as queer and I have to have a pride parade. I, I would love I love pride parades, but by the way, but we should get to a point where. We don't have to relegate things. Same thing with the Black History Month. I love Black History Month. I want things to be – I want black history to be American history, and it should be studied every day, and it should be something that is normalized. And just like black characters on TV and in cartoons, it should be normalized. And yes, I do – and this, this is somebody in the, in the chat. What about black voice actors that voice non-black characters? I think that's great representation too because we've been dealing with – White actor, I mean, palm colored actors representing us in different fields. Hank Azaria, for example. Hank Azaria did a ton of voices on The Simpsons, one of them being uh, Apu Nahasapi and Petlan, right? And yes. he was, and the, the reason I love him for this is like he understood the times were changing and he was like, you know what? We should give up this role to someone of, 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 of color. But then we also have people like, again, Phil Lamar. Um, and as someone said, James Avery. People don't realize that James Avery was also the voice of Shredder. Right. So yeah. we can have these we can have people of different races and different colors representing these because because it's, it's different when you're doing anime. It's one thing if you're doing a live action movie um, and you need to if the character supposed like if an avatar, the last airbender, uh, M. Night. So if, if we're going to do a movie like that. Right. You got to have Asian characters in the lead. The, the whole show is based off of Asian characters, right? But if you're if you're having them, if you have a black voice actor or a Polynesian voice actor, oh, another great example: the voice actor for Gibby, who is um, Pacific Islander, in, and I, I keep using Apex Legends because it's just a really great example. Um, who is a Polynesian character in Apex Legends? He is voiced by a Native American person um, behind the scenes. So it's really, I, I really think that if you have the talent. And you you and you're a person of color, and there's a role open for uh, a white character, but you can do the voice. Let them, because we have a ton of white voice actors, and I don't want to take. I'm not saying you should take roles away from them if they have their role. Let them keep it. But if there's new stuff that's opening up, and there's a voice actor that can kill that role, give it to them. And it shouldn't come down to, oh, but you're black. No, but it's and it's it is not that 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 it's it's slowly not becoming that way anymore because there's more and more black voice actors and Asian voice actors actors voicing anime. And then one big thing about that, which kind of turns my head, why do why do why do punk call people get so upset when most of these characters are Asian? Most of them are Asian. Most of them are Asian, except for like maybe Full Metal Alchemist and like Attack on Titan. Most of them are Asian. I don't know. I don't know many white people named Josuke. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't tell them. Don't don't tell them that they specifically draw anime so that it fits Western audiences' ideas of what people look like. Don't tell them that like that Japan has been pulling the wool over your eyes the whole time. Do you think Goku's supposed to look like that? Japanese. <laughs> I no, thank you for saying that. I I love that. And speaking of big companies, because this does happen, we have the biggest wokest company that Florida has ever seen that keeps putting out 
uh, movies and keeps letting us know that, hey, there's going to be a gay character in here. Just you wait and see. And the most recent one that I can think of that I cared about um, that I noticed was in uh, what was it called? Strange, strange worlds. Yeah. Strange world. Yeah, and I'm I'm not sure if you familiar if you saw that if you saw that film. But they 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 made a bigger deal about saying that oh we're going to have this. Actually, I don't even know if they did make like an announcement or if I think I think it was just the news picked it up. It was critics that that started talking about it. But they, yeah, it was this character was I I think the characters, but I can't even remember. But that's almost the point, right? The characters' sexuality was unremarkable mm-hmm. there was a i remember there was a love interest and like that was kind of a motivating factor but who it was wasn't the point yeah and i think that is kind of it, it correct me if i'm wrong i think that's kind of what you're leaning towards like the characters being bi or something like that and wanting to either date a uh was a teenager so date a boy or date a girl right is irrelevant that they're a boy or a girl. It's just teenager needs to get from point A to point B. It's a, it's a travel movie. Like it's a, it's a road trip movie. That's what the movie's about. Uh, And then hilarity ensues because monsters and whatever. It doesn't matter who's at the end of, of that, of that part. So, but okay. So there's that representation, which feels nice. Feels feels good. We're we're looking at that, and we're like that. Thank you. That's great. Uh, also, the character is black, and that has absolutely nothing to do with the story. There's a bunch of other things. Uh, something else I want to plug in in a second. That that's an amazing story. Um, but then there's representation that I am not. Uh, when I when I first saw them remaking this, I was excited. And now that we're getting closer to the movie being released and I'm seeing more of the marketing materials, it's making me feel kind of weird. It, and that's The Little Mermaid. Mm. When I first saw Ariel and, and saw all those reactions, I mean, my kids even had that reaction. Yeah, same. Of seeing... Of seeing hearing the song, knowing the story, and they're like, oh, here comes the mermaid. And then it was like, whoa, she's black. Yeah. What's going on? (laughs) And that was really cool. Then we got all the backlash, because of course we did. Mm. And then it died down because their attention span is very, very short. They, 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 they get real mad and then something else happens and they're real mad about that. Like, I think we're mad at Bud Light or something right now. Um, but now I'm seeing, I'm starting to see, I just saw like the newest uh, theater poster for, because the, we're getting closer to when the movie's coming out. I just saw the closest theater, uh, the recent theater poster. And I guess I don't know how to feel about it. It feels it feels obvious that they're highlighting the Little Mermaid in the Little Mermaid, but it almost feels a little uh, it it feels a little bit like they're kind of taking advantage of the hype in throwing her on 
on everything. Like it, it's a strange feeling. Like when yeah. you look at something and you're like, are they pandering or is this supposed to be this way? Because at first it didn't feel like y'all were, but now it really feels like y'all are like, see, the little mermaid's black. Do you remember that? Because I don't know what any of the other characters look like at all. And I get that it's the little mermaid. You you see what I mean? Like I'm coming from it from like two minds. Like I get why all the marketing would surround the little mermaid, but it almost feels exploitative that it's only surround. Like I have literally no clue what any of the other characters look like. And it's kind of bonkers. So when it comes to things like that, in feeling like it's it, like like race is playing too much of a factor, or it's kind of pandering, or it's exploitative, and things like that. Even in your own work, you said that you f- focus on BIPOC a lot. How do you toe the line between representation and exploitation? So, so I, th- I think it, it just depends on who's also putting the media out and and your your specific. Um, your goals. So, like, I think that Disney first. Let's let's talk on the Disney part. So, I think Disney's of two camps. Um, there is the Strange World camp, and then there's the uh, Little Mermaid camp. So, and what I mean by that is, like, Little Mermaid. Let's let's all collectively agree it's a cash grab, right? They're just they're just trying to mar- make money off of a brand that already exists, and they're redoing it. And really, realistically, don't get me wrong. I am very. I was very ecstatic. Like, I remember watching the trailer, and I was my mind was blown. But then we got to remember they also did Lion King. They also did Beauty. And the Beast. They, they keep doing these live action remakes, and the main goal isn't about representation; it's about money. I mean, look, the only one we actually had a full black cast, damn near for, was the one with animals, which was the Lion King. <laughs> and I get what you're saying about the Little Mermaid because it feels like now it, it went from just like this super exi- exciting time to being very hand fisted and 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 not in your face, but. Um, it just it, it feels very disingenuous. It feels like there's just kind of like this fakeness to it, um, and that's not and that is not no indictment of the actress um, of, of Halle Bailey and, and, and all the people who are involved with the project. That is not an indictment of them. Um, I think they're going in with a, a, a genuine passion for the project and they love what they do. But they're also doing it under the Disney umbrella. Um, I think the difference between me doing it and say Disney doing it is because I guarantee you the producers and everybody who are doing it don't look like me, right? And I'm doing it from a place of experience and of of, of living in in a world where there's not enough of stuff for people like us, where we're just kind of normal Joe blows in a fantasy world, having a good time, but also being main characters. We also have we also have to be the magical black character caddy, like it's Bagger Vance, um, like the throw again throwaway, throwaway character, and even Baps, which is a, like a movie I really enjoy. Was that two black leads, but it was still like they were just kind of. Hey, hey, hey. Fun fact: my aunt was on that soundtrack. My aunt is Robin S. Weird fact. Um, but um, yeah, so when I when I'm writing these stories, and also when I'm writing my stories, right? I'm not writing it like, okay, now what would a black guy from Compton do? What would a black guy from from Nigeria do? What would a black guy from from Sudan do? I'm doing like, so this character's name is Yask. And he he's the head of the 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 the, 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 the uh, fist of punishment, and he does all this cool stuff. He's also black. That's that's a thing that he also is. And this world is dominated by 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 mostly night skins. But 
they're not defined by being night skins. They're defined by being a Jacalian. They're defined by being from Stashau or from Kavut. They might be an elf or a bard or 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 a thief. You know, that's that's where these characters are, and they and it just so happens that they're black and have these magical cool powers. Um, so the reason I feel like it's not it's not pandering and it's not me trying to uh, be like, hey, black, 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 black is because even when you watch my stuff I'm never like, these black night skins who are very black are going across the world, more black for the blackness I'm like, Yask for strongest fist among all the night skins is here to tell you a story about Yorisu and like when I talk about Yorisu, I'm talking about her as a person who is moving through the world who is trying to bless other night skins and give the other skins their, the, the wisdom to, to great, make great armor, or great fabrics or great foods or, or to, to have amazing martial arts or to be the type of people who align themselves with other skins to help heal the world but it's never like yeah, remember the main characters are black remember that, remember that Remember that. And I feel like that's what they're doing with Disney. They're like, hey, 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 Ariel, she's black. Remember that. Remember the part where she's black. Hey, look at her hair. Look at her hair. We made it. We made it extra black. It, even though we probably got the same wig person that Tyler Perry uses. She's black, though. Get it? Get it? <laughs> she's black. So I really like I've, I've said this a bunch of times when it comes to I'm big on representation. I'm also big on inclusion. I'm big on centering BIPOC people, but I'm big on centering them as people. Like, I'm big on centering BIPOC people as normalized people. So centering them and showing them in a way that you're not like, oh, hey, they're really black. But it's more like, oh, wow, that guy looks like me, but he's doing a normal thing like I would do. Or he, like, I'll, or I can be that magical character, but it doesn't center around the fact that I, it, like, I have to be this way. So that's why I feel like it's different because I'm doing it in celebration of, of fantasy and us being in fantasy normally. I know that sounds weird, but I, I want to normalize black people in fantasy. I want to normalize BIPOC in fantasy so that when you read it, you're not like, oh, why is this black character in here? You go, oh, Josh seems like a pretty cool dude. That seems like a dude I would hang out with. And then that's the end of the conversation. And But then, like, after you're done reading it, oh, yeah, the character's black. That's And it shouldn't be, it should be something that's inconsequential versus it being the the only thing you see, right? So, I mean, and and we, and I feel like the reason I say that is how many fantasy shows have you watched where the characters or sci-fi shows have you watched where the characters are all white but you never sat there and be like, look at that white character right there. That's a white character. No, you just look at it and you're just like, hey, that's, I really love Orville or I really like Star Trek The Next Generation, you know, or I really like, I really like uh, Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I don't sit there and go, uh, I can't, I can't identify with these palm color characters because uh, they're palm colored. I love Han Solo. I I jive with with Han Solo. I see a lot of my goofiness in Han Solo. And it, it but it but back then, you know, it, it was harder for us to get. You know, we all we got was Lando. You know, so <sighs> we can do the flip, and people could like best example Black Panther. When you watch when people watch Black Panther, yes, it is. It has a very African theme, but people still walked away with it, going, "Yo, T'Challa's dope." They didn't go. Uh, of course, it's going to be that subsect, and it's going to. Seem, I've already experienced it with my content. They're like, "Oh, I guess all the palm color people are bad, and and all and, and the, the black people here." I was like, "No, that's not." And that's obviously you're not watching my content because there are bad black people in my show. Like, there's there's and that happens in real life. So, and and that's another reason why I think it's not just me saying that black people are the coolest, coolest, coolest. Look, look at look at us. We're the main characters because I do make sure that it's not a. You know, not to uh, hit the nail on the nose or anything, but hit the nail on the head, anything, but it's not just a black and white issue. There's there's shades of gray throughout my series, so I right. 
I, the thing is, I wanted to highlight black people as, again, normalized in every aspect. So as good guys, as bad guys, as, you know, people who don't even want to be dealing with it. They're just they're taking a step aside. Um, intelligent, dumb. They're, they're all over the spectrum. They just so happen to be black. But because I'm black and I want to see more of that, I make my series centered around people of color, BIPOC people. But... At the same time, while I'm writing it, I'm still writing it in a, in a, from a mind frame of, of of a mindset of I still want it to be consumed by everybody, and I still want to pe- people to feel like they can identify with these characters. And then at the same time, still folding in those little nods, nudges, and and winks in between that only us can really identify and understand. And it just it's that little extra for us. So it's a story that's written for everybody, but then I, I do sprinkle in those little extras for us so that we feel like, okay, this is for everybody, but this is for us. Kind of like, <laughs> Criminal's for everybody. I'm not Criminal, I'm sorry, Piccolo. Piccolo's for everybody, but Piccolo's for us. You get what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um what you said, honestly, it made me think of I, I, I feel like I say this quote all the time or or talk about this story all the time. I was watching you you could look it up on YouTube or whatever. It's this interview with Denzel Washington and he's talking about um fences. He's talking about fences. And they were asking him kind of the same sort of question, you know, why did uh why do you why did you have to have a black director? Uh, for for fences when you, you when you were doing the movie, and he basically said like it wasn't it wasn't that the director had to had to be black, it was that the content required a black director. Like I wasn't just choosing a black person because I wanted a black person in that seat. The story needed a black person in that seat. And then he goes on to tell this um, the story when he's talking about Martin Scorsese and uh, Spielberg. So he's like, Scorsese did Godfather and Spielberg did Schindler's List. And they're both amazing directors. And Scorsese probably could have done a good job with with Schindler's List. And Spielberg could have done a good job with The Godfather because they're both amazing directors. But there's cultural context that them as directors could add to to it. Like there's certain things from the culture that if you don't know, you can't direct that you because you need you needed to be there the girls who get it get it you you needed to be part of it and that's something that i kind of always come back to when it comes to like this conversation about like representation and things like that uh something that in my comment section that i want to kind of just just get out and, and, and just say just address the way that we're talking right now about uh, representation is a very meta analysis of what representation is. That's how we're talking about it. And that's why. So, yes, this person is right. They said, to be fair, that's how they promoted the animated film, too. You're correct. That is how they promoted the animated film. But we need to be honest about the fact that, like, it is different that this is one live action and two, they they changed the way that the character looks. And that that is a change that needs to be addressed. Why why did they change the way that the character looks? Is there a reason behind that? And that's why black people are kind of raising an eyebrow and going, 
what are you playing at? Because this is a cash grab. Like, absolutely. Just the same way as The Lion King was a cash grab. Like, I know they always employ uh, uh, singers. They always employ, like, the singers of the time, the comedians of the time. Uh, they always employ, like, you know, th those folks. But there's a particular reason why Nala was Beyonce. Like, they're, they're, they they knew what they were yeah, doing. Like, the black dollar goes way farther than, than most other dollars. I think it was like, what, 2.5 more? I can't remember the exact number, but it, it, the black dollar does go farther. So if you inject a, a great example, early 90s TV shows, right? A lot of them mm -hmm. were black. And the reason that they would put those shows out is when these studios were losing money, they would be like, all right. Let's get a think tank. Let's get a black show on here because they understood that black viewers would tune in more and spend more when watching their shows. Then when they would recoup their money or they would be at, instead of in the red or in the black, they would cancel. That's what happened with UPN. That's what happened with a bulk of the shows on the WB. That's what happened with Living Single. Um, these the black dollar when, it, when when black media comes out and it's made by non black people. There is an ulterior motive in releasing this content um, or putting a black in the lead and it's not uh, a black director or a black producer. So and I'm not saying that everybody's like that because I believe the, the 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 creators and writers for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I think I think they were Jewish. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not always like they they saw the worth of the show and they they had a lot of care for the show so that's why the show went for so long and they didn't disrespect it but then you got to the flip side where you got like the Jamie Foxx show um the Wayne's brothers show or again like I said living single where they got destroyed not because the shows were getting bad ratings or they were doing terrible it's because they got the money they got they needed out of black people and then they were like bye bye Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So th that's why that kind of thinking makes sense when it comes to Little Mermaid, because even though we're not saying it's explicitly that way, if we look at the, the cast and producers, of, of, of the producers and the people who are behind the scenes pulling the strings for the movie, I can almost assure you, I'm not going to be 100% because I haven't checked it all out. And I could be wrong. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But it's not a black team who's doing it, because you can see the difference between that and something like, again, Black Panther. And even though obviously it's going to be a black character because it's Black Panther, but the level of care they took when creating it, they made sure to get a, a, a black director and, and and black stunt workers to come in. And they were like, OK. And they they they, they sourced other other uh, they sourced black uh, nations to kind of get their influences in the movie to make sure it felt authentic. It felt like it wasn't a cash. Record. It felt like it came from the soul, from the heart. This is this is a story that needs to be told. And it's about black people. But it's authentic, you know, even, you know, it's, it's authentic, but the little mermaid doesn't, it, it kind of gives the air. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to reserve judgment because I still want to, I'm, I'm, as long as I'm not pro problematic, I'm for everybody black. Right. So like, I'm still going to go see the movie and make sure to, to, to give her her flowers. But I do, I, I, I'm kind of apprehensive about it because as you were saying, it feels like they're just kind of, on borderline tokenizing her for the for the for the movie to be to be successful like hey we got that black girl now all you black people come give me your money and and, and to to circle back to something else the movie you were talking about strange world right and this 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 really solidifies the fact that disney is not doing this because they care about specific communities it's more about they're trying to make money as best they can while not ruffling too many feathers and the way i say this is they did not push strange world they did not push that movie.
they buried it because they knew the movie was good. But if they pushed it a little too much, they were going to lose a lot of their conservative audience with the, with openly queer characters. Um, and then even now, like they're 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 pushing back on Ron DeSantis by having like a a, a a kind of like a gay pride thing going on in Disney to kind of exemplify gay excellence and stuff like that. But they're mm-hmm. doing it to push back on Ron DeSantis for clamping down on them for doing the things you know for for basically being in their own city and, and, and not having to pay certain taxes and stuff like that. It's 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 also a blackout date for their season pass holders as as well. Like, if you have a season pass, you can't go because most of those season pass holders are conservatives from Florida. <laughs> so they don't want to, they don't want, yeah, in there that day, even, even people outside of the state that have uh, a yearly passes or, or, um, or you're part of the what is it the cast cast or whatever you have cast passes can't use them that day because they they're they're really not trying the ruffles it is such a cash grab thing <laughs> it's, it's progressiveness it's it's a cash grab or a stick it to the to the to the man type of deal uh, under the guise of of progressive of being progressive so yeah exactly so. Um, before, before I let you go, let's, let's do something fun because this has been, this is, we've, we've gone up and down. I, I was really excited to do, uh, to, to have you on because, uh, I just, I, I wanted a lighter, fun episode that black people isn't just all struggling stuff like that. Um, but let's, let's do this, um, before we do like the final send off. We'd like to have um, actionable items on on the show to 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 give to people. So besides your show, because absolutely go, please watch that that show. Um, what are what's a what's another show with black representation that you like, or another property, or something like that that you're like, hey, watch this. And if it's animated, I I that's an A plus uh, plus. If it if it's not animated, that's that's fine. But I'm kind of brewing a couple animated shows too. If it's animated with like characters that are black that are just like they're not tokenized but are really cool. I, again, I already said uh, Attack on Titan. Um, I think a great one that does that, that does uh, people of color really well, and not specifically black, but people of color. And it, they, there is some alluding to some of the characters being black, which is again my favorite anime, Full Metal Alchemist. It's also written by a Japanese woman, which I really love. Which is why the character, the women characters, are, drawn, are written so fantastically well. Um, if we're going old school, Bleach, Yoroichi is probably the baddest in the town. She's so great. And then also Tozen, not Tozen, um, yeah, Tozen. The dude with the long braids, he's fantastic. Um, there was one I was just thinking of, and it just looked... Castlevania has one of the coolest black characters. I think... I love that character. Um, Stone Ocean. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, one of the bad guys is is uh is is black, but he's written so really he's really he's just cool. Like and, and, and the reason I, and I go back to Castlevania, the reason I like the, the character in Castlevania is because um he is he's a bad guy, but then he stops being it's, it's, he's got a whole arc. He's got his whole redemption arc, and he's just a really great character. Um Hunter Hunter. Um there is when they go to when Gone goes to Killua's family's mansion. There's like a bunch of butlers that kind of protect them. And one of them is this, this little black girl. And she 
was she's a beast, like an absolute animal. She's like four feet tall, nothing but fire and fury. Um, speaking of fire, Fire Force. Fire Force has a, has a a bunch of cool black characters. Like I love it. Um, My Hero Academia. It's a very popular anime, but they got a bunch of black characters who are really cool. Um, and and in every single one of the shows I just mentioned, the black characters are not like, hey, they're black. Hey, he's wearing a dashiki. Hey, he's got big lips. The big lips like like Mr. Popo. So it, they're just they're black characters who exist in the show, who have roles and they do cool things, and they just so happen to be black. And that's what's also about it. I, I love that so much. Uh, that's an amazing list. Guys, this is going to be on uh, uh, Spotify and Apple Music in the next couple of weeks. So if you lost that list, I'm going to I'm going to have to go back through, listen to that and drop all of those in the in the links below. I have one recommendation that actually my wife put me on to and I will praise this show forever. It um, I'm almost positive. It's on Netflix is Netflix original. It's called My Dad, the Bounty Hunter. Have you seen have you seen this show? I've already st- I already like the title. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like it's it's science fiction. It's created by a uh Disney Pixar uh graphic designer, the CGI artist. So the show and he called in all the favors to do this show. Everybody, all the artists on this show are like top Pixar heads of departments and stuff like that. He called in every single favor that this man had to be able to like he had been writing this show for you. I dove. You could tell I dove into the low. I everything. I want to know everything about this show because it is one of the most beautiful shows that I have seen, like with characters, black characters that are especially with CGI look like black people like the hair texture everything about them their skin the way that it that it reflects light everything because it's made by a team of pixar people that are that had a bunch of time and a bunch of money to really do this for a while and it's just gorgeous especially for a tv show every single episode looks like a movie it's it's one of my favorite things all black family and them being black literally has nothing to do with the story they just are a black family and the dad is a bounty hunter and the kids he's a he's an a interstellar alien bounty hunter it's basically kind of like a men in black sort of thing mixed with star wars mixed with it's it's a it's a bunch of stuff all kind of mixed together um it's a road trip show it's kind of mandalorian-esque kind of like black mandalorian (laughs) basically that's so it's just a series of adventures of this bounty hunter trying to trying to catch someone uh this doesn't give anything away Uh, it's the conceit of the show like the first episode he blasts off to go to go to work and his kids don't know what he does but they sneak in his car and his car turns into a spaceship and off they go and then hilarity and aliens and all this stuff ensues and it's what i love it so much uh yeah my wife put me onto it uh she called me when i was at work and was like me and the me and the kids watched this show that we stopped watching it because we were like we have to watch this with dad <laughs> like we have to wait till you can have to watch this uh, but that's that's my recommendation it's it's on Netflix again that's uh, my dad the bounty hunter it's amazing it's a super cool show but 
do me a favor one more time for people who are just jumping in or people who've been listening this whole time and, and forgot specifics. Drop your name, what you do, and where people can find you. Drop your Patreon. Drop <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, it, uh, you know, plug all the things. Okay, so name is Basu Ono. Uh, I am the creator of Gardam, uh, the animated series here on TikTok, and that is at Gardam official. So if you, yeah, if you're seeing it on on his live, it's at Gardam G U A R D I M official. Um, uh, and my Patreon is Patreon.com/slash N O T K, which is Nightskins of the Kuroi Pifu, uh, and the Cash App is Dollar Sign Batsu Des, so B A T S U D E S U. And there's a couple couple more things I want to say real quick. Um, our team is is pretty much Black women, so we have our artist is a Black woman, um, our voice actress is a Black woman, our voice actor is a Black is a Black man, and our, my project manager and uh, my assistant they're all Black. So we are also looking for a an, a second artist. And an editor to help out with the show. So if you're hearing this and this stuff interests you, mind you, right now it is a labor of love. Um, we're all kind of just, you know, the Patreon's only making about 200 bucks a month. So we're all we're kind of just all coming together as a collective to put out a, a really positive black media. But, yeah, that's that's all the things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. Uh, but thank you so much. I'm going to once you start doing doing some more stuff, because I know that you got a lot of stuff cooking right now and you uh, you you all are are building to to release some 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 newer content and kind of rework some lore and stuff like that. Once we once we start getting some more of that, I want to have you back on, you know, maybe in the middle of the summer, towards the end of the summer, you know, give you a couple months to cook, baby. I would love that. Yes, yes, yes. So I would love that so, so much. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. Thanks you to everybody for listening. Uh, and everybody have a good night. We love you all. May I bless you and keep you safe. Oh, wait a second. Hold on. Before. <laughs> Can you do the voice? Can you do a send off with the voice, please? <laughs> well, I am Yasfor, the strongest fist among all the Nightskins. And as we say here in uh, Rohikwa, may the night bless you and keep you safe. <laughs> May the night bless you and keep you safe. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the Conscious Environment Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. And thank you again to my guests for coming and hanging out with me. That was an amazing conversation and I had so much fun with you. We're definitely going to have to do that again. If you want to support the show, there are Cash App and Venmo links down below, as well as a link to our brand new Patreon. And patrons, you don't only get to unlock some exclusive amazing tiers that we have over there, but you get to unlock exclusive pricing at our merch store. So go and check that out. 
you can't support the show financially, I completely understand, but a five-star review goes a long way on Apple Music and Spotify and all those places, as well as downloads for some reason. So if you want to help our rankings, uh, just simply download the show. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. But you know what else doesn't cost you anything? Telling a friend or telling your mama. It's going to be their favorite show. And remember, one last thing. I love you. And go drink water. Like right now. Go drink water right now. Stay hydrated. All right. See you next week. Bye.